Hey, good morning, friends. Thanks for logging in to join us for worship today. Uh, it's a little bit different of experience, but hey, we're going to open this uh, worship time with this song, Open Up the Gates. It's a great tune. Open the Gates is the name of it. You're going to love it.
Hopevale, how are you doing? My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you to our worship service here today. You know, you might be in your family room with your family, maybe with your small group, maybe you're by yourself, whatever it is. Just glad that you chose to engage in our worship service and just want to say welcome. It's kind of cool to me that we're gathered while we're scattered, right? The church all throughout the Great Lakes Bay region, uh, that's actually a really cool thing. You know, these are pretty crazy times we're living in with all the stuff going on in the news and all the spread of the coronavirus and all of that. There's a phrase that we've been using here at Hopevale uh, when we're talking about how we're going to respond to what's happening, and that phrase is prayer and prudence, but not panic. So let me just outline for you real quickly what our response is going to be. For the next several weeks, this is how we're going to engage in our worship service. So Every Sunday, you can get access online, just like you're doing right now, and we're hoping that you continue to join us. 
I want to also let you know that our uh, student retreat that was planned for next Friday, next weekend, has been postponed. And our night of prayer and worship that was planned for next Friday has been canceled. Uh, all other group activity, you know, the church gathers in smaller pockets all throughout the week. So your small group, your uh, community group, whatever type of group it is that you're a part of, wherever you serve in kind of the various sub-ministries of Hopevale, uh, all that can continue on. So just connect with your ministry leader on specific details. Uh, we also acknowledge that this situation is really fluid, right? Things are changing like daily. We turn on the news to see what's going on. And so our plan is to send you an update from Hopevale leadership every Friday just to let you know how things are going and kind of where we stand as a church community in the midst of this region. Uh, in fact, next Friday, what we want to do is give you an update on some ways that we might be able to engage in uh, contributing to the common good in our community, maybe meet some needs that are surfacing because of this pandemic that's going on, right? Uh, so specifically, I want to let you know that we're in conversations with local school districts about how we can support their efforts to feed food at risk children who are very dependent on the school meal programs. And so we're talking to the various school districts in our area, figuring out how we can step in and support what they're doing. We also know we're already hearing from families who are kind of in scramble mode because you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do for childcare since this virus has given your children a, a month long spring break and uh, you still have to go to work. Uh, so we're figuring out what we can do maybe to support that. And we're also talking about ways that we might be able to support and serve uh, those in our community who are most vulnerable to the coronavirus, even through just simple acts of service, maybe like grocery shopping and other things. So check back in with us next Friday. We'll, we'd love to give you an update. I'm sure your group is probably already talking about ways that you might be able to band together and demonstrate the kingdom of God at a time like this here in the Great Lakes Bay region. You know, this is not a time for the church to shrink back, right? And so in this season especially, it's important for us to continue to be involved and for us to give, to continue to give. The needs, the needs of Hopevale, the ministries here, the ministries out in our community continue. And right now, most of you, well, I shouldn't say most, I should say probably half of you give by dropping your offering in the offering plate on Sunday mornings, and the rest of you already give through one of our online channels. So for those of you who give in the offering plate each week, you have two options. Uh, we would ask that you consider maybe this is a point in time where you want to transition over to one of our online giving processes, uh, or you can just mail your gift to the church, our, our ministry offices here, on, here in Saginaw on Shattuck Road, 5360 Shattuck Road. As I said, this is not a time for the church to shrink back. This is a time for us to lean in. In fact, let's pray about that right now. Lord, we just come before you as a church, and we thank you for all that you're doing in Hopevale and through Hopevale in our community. We thank you that you were not surprised by what's going on in our world. The, this uh, COVID-19 didn't catch you off guard. And so we just want to open ourselves up to you to be available for however you want to work through us to meet the needs, to demonstrate your kingdom. Uh, whether that means our continued giving 
or maybe stepping in and participating in a way to meet needs in our community. Lord, we are available to you for that. We love you. And we thank you for the fact that your church cannot be contained. We give the rest of this service to you, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. So I want to tell a story about uh, having faith. It's probably appropriate for times that we are in now. You can continue to underscore me, Beth. That makes it feel more spiritual, <laughs> more moving. I don't know. So um, Daniel 3 in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Daniel, there's this guy named King Nebuchadnezzar, and he makes this golden statue. And he says, uh, everybody will worship it or else. They'll be thrown into a, a fiery furnace. And uh, there's these three guys, these three dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these guys are like, uh, no, we're not doing that. Uh, we're going to serve the Lord our God and worship the Lord our God. And so uh, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, calls their bluff and uh, says that uh, if you guys don't do it, I'm throwing you in. And, and uh they were like, our God is able to deliver us from this, and we will worship him. Uh, that's basically their, what they were getting at. And so King Nebuchadnezzar uh, throws them in, throws them into the fiery furnace. And what was reported back to King Nebuchadnezzar was that there weren't just three in the fire, that there was a fourth figure. And uh, he was uh, baffled by that. Everybody was baffled by that. And so... Uh, and they see that they're in the fire and uh, nothing's happening. And so they, it, he gives orders to take them out of the fire. And he comes out of the, the three come out of the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <clears throat> no signs of burning, no, no burning clothes, no, no burning hair, no singed hair, anything like that. And um, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, is baffled. And uh, it's then that they uh, report that the Lord is with us. You know, God is with us. And King Nebuchadnezzar is like, I'm going to worship God too, and I want to fall before the Lord too. So a very powerful moment in scripture, powerful moment of faith of basically saying he is able. Guys, we're in this season right now of, um, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's coming, but God is able. Uh, we can look back in scripture and look back on our lives and know that God has been there uh, so many times. And we can trust in that, friends. We really can. And so this next song is called Another in the Fire. We sang it last week when Rudy Martinez led us in, and we're going to sing it as a worship team. Uh, we've had this pl song planned for a month in this service. We had no idea this day was coming like this, and probably appropriate for times like now where we can uh, say that, uh, you know what, there's somebody else standing here with us. There's somebody else by our side. And no matter what God allows to happen, God is still with us, and he is able to walk us through these things. So what a great day to have faith. Glad that you're having faith with us and on this journey of faith with us. Rod, take us in, man. Let's sing this song in faith. I know I will never be alone. 
was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the sea. Should I ever be reminded? I have been set free. There is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. Should I ever need 
such faith, that old hymn. We sing because we can look back and know that you've been there. We sing because we can just accept our circumstances and know that you're in the middle of it all, just like you were with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a long time ago. Be with us now in moments where we need to trust in you. Be with us now as we grow deeper in our faith and as we grow closer to you. We pray your blessing on Pastor Sam as he brings and delivers the word today. God, that you would anoint his teaching, bless his words, Lord. Uh, be that still small whisper if you need to be, or be that mighty crushing wave coming in that we need to be too. We yield ourselves to that, Lord, because you're good. And we trust and we have faith. In Jesus' name we pray and say. Good morning, Hope Vale at home. What an awesome time of worship we've already had today. I'm Pastor Sam, uh, one of the pastors on staff here. I, I just want to say we were talking, I was talking with Billy earlier about how cool it is that we can actually do this, that we can keep each other um, safe and sick free, hopefully, um, but still gather together. You know, we, we have this saying around here that at Hope Vale, we are one church in two locations. Well, I think um, for the foreseeable future, we are one church in multiple locations all over the Great Lakes Bay region. Uh, but what a cool thing that we have the technology to be able to do something like this and gather together in our homes. It's just another reinforcement that um, the church is not a building. The church is a people and that we can gather together even like this and still be 
the church. How cool is that? Well, we've been focusing on prayer this month, and, and when it comes to prayer, Jesus said this, that we've been going back to every week of this series, and I want us to look at it again. He said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Look at verse 8. It says, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. What incredible words of Jesus as he talks about this thing called prayer. Well, I want to show you this. This is your brain. Check this out. This is your brain. And this is your brain on prayer. Any questions? Now, if you didn't get that joke, um, you can either look to someone who's a little bit older in the room and ask them about that, or you can actually just stop and Google it right now. Google this is your brain and you'll, you'll figure that out real quickly. Uh, but seriously, I, I shared with this with our students, our high school students last year, and I thought this was such a big deal that I wanted to share this with you here this morning. Um, this highlighted, go back to this picture, this highlighted part in our brain here, it's called the anterior cingulate cortex. And I didn't know anything about this until um, a few years ago as I was reading a book and it talked about this. But um, a few years back, scientists wanted to know more about our brain and so they began to study it. And they found this thing called the cingulate cortex, especially the anterior part of it. And they were trying to figure out, what does this thing do? Well, it, it turns out that our anterior cingulate cortex is actually um, the hub or like the central processing unit for our limbic system. Now, our limbic system controls things like our um, emotional responses to things, our capacity for empathy. Um, things, it helps regulate things like our heart rate, our blood pressure. Um, it, it does a lot of stuff for us. It, it helps us um, do things like impulse control. Um, so they started studying this anterior cingulate cortex, and they found out that this thing controls all of this stuff. It's the hub for it. And so uh, the more they studied it and the more people they studied with this, they, what they found was that the anterior cingulate cortex actually um, can be strengthened. That some people had stronger anterior cingulate cortexes than other people. And so they were like, how does that happen? How can, you, how can this be strengthened? And so they did this study. And what they found was there are a few things that we can actually do as human beings to strengthen our anterior cingulate cortexes. But the main thing that they found after they, they studied over and over, person after person after person, the, one, the main thing that they found that strengthened the anterior cingulate cortex was prayer. Prayer. That is amazing to me. I mean, the part of your body that controls things like our emotions, impulse control, decision-making, your heart rate, blood pressure, Fear, anxiousness, worry, and the number one thing that they found that strengthens that part of your body to help regulate those things is prayer. So not only is prayer good for your soul and your spiritual life over these 31 days that we're studying this, it turns out it's also good for your physical and for your emotional well-being too. That is amazing. So I just wanted to share that with you this morning as an encouragement to keep on praying, to keep on praying, especially in the times that we're at now. Keep on praying. Well, we are in week three of our 31 days of prayer series, and Pastor Dan has already talked to us about our attitudes 
as it relates to how we should think about God as we pray. He talked about it as two wings of a plane, right? He said first that we need, we should be, when we pray, we should be sincere, that we should come just as we are to God when we pray. Come to God as a loving, heavenly Father. And then the second thing he said last week was that we should not only be sincere, but we should also be reverent, that we should be reverent, that, that we should come to God as almighty and worthy of our worship, that not only is God good as we come to him in sincerity, but also God is great as we come to him in reverence. Well, for the next three weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to get highly practical, and we're going to talk about our actions in prayer, our actions in prayer, and how we should pray what we are praying. You know, I think for a lot of us, prayer can feel like this, this super intimidating thing. You know, even if we've been doing it for, for most of our lives, for a long time, we can, we can feel like and maybe ask the questions like, well, am I, am I doing this right? Am I praying right? Or, or how come when I pray, it's not like when, and fill in the blank, that person prays, right? I remember being a kid and I remember watching um, people get up on the stage and pray and I'm going, I don't pray like that. <laughs> that person prays and maybe the angels start smiling, but when I pray, it feels weird. You know, and we can be praying for a lot of time in our life and still feel like that. You know, I loved it when Pastor Dan said in week one that he said this, he said, our hesitation shouldn't stand in the way of God's invitation. That our hesitation in prayer and the things that we feel shouldn't stand in the way of the fact that God has invited us to do this. That God has invited us to, to come to him in prayer. But if we just got transparent here for a second this morning, you know, it really does sometimes, right? It really does. Our hesitation can get in the way of our prayer life, of God's invitation to it. Or maybe we end up feeling a little bit of like imposter syndrome when we pray. Like we can say, you know, especially when other people ask us to pray in front of people, um, we can pray like, like, I can pray, but I'll like fake it till I make it kind of pray, you know? Um, kind of like, I, I found this video, and it, it's kind of like this guy Greg does as he's praying. So I want you to check this video out. Good job, buns. Hot patooties. Wow, Dina, everything looks fabulous. Well, I'll tell you something, it's such a treat for me to have a home-cooked meal like this. Dinner at my house usually consisted of everybody in the kitchen fighting over containers of Chinese food. Oh, you poor thing. What, there wasn't enough food to go around, Greg? No, there was. We just never really sat down like family like this. Oh. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish, Dad. You know that. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace at many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, 
Dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> oh, I love that movie, especially that clip. But Greg doesn't know what he should pray, right? And, or even how he should pray what he is praying. And so it turns into a bunch of cliche, nonspecific nonsense just coming out of his mouth. And everybody's doing this around the table like, what is he doing? <laughs> and I think that we can feel like Greg at times, if we were just honest here. You know, even if we've been praying for years, it can, it can get really easy to just get into repeating the same prayers over and over and over again, or even end up praying cliche phrases that mean very little. But my question is, is that how we should pray? Is that how we should pray? Well, Jesus took some time out of his Sermon on the Mount to actually address how we should pray what we're praying. He's, he's speaking to all of these people, his disciples and people who are following him, and anyone within earshot can hear him, and he's teaching our prayer. And I want you to look at what he says here. He says some things about prayer before this, but then he says this. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Apparently, they would just say all kinds of words and hope that something sticks. And then he said this. Look, look at verse 8. He said, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And I think that's an important concept we're going to come back to later. But Jesus says, listen, when you are praying, don't just pray these cliche, nonsense things that don't mean anything. There's something more to prayer. There's something bigger about prayer that we should be doing. So I started thinking as I read this, and I started thinking about even teaching my own kids how to pray. Um, if you have little kids or have had little kids, then you'll know that teaching them to pray is a very interesting experience. I remember, and our most recent example is our daughter, Karis. I remember when she was a little baby in her high chair, and I would sit next to her, and we were trying to teach her how to pray. I would say, okay, fold your hands, and she would do this. And I would say, all right, now say, dear Jesus, and she'd go, dear Jesus, or whatever it sounded like coming out of her mouth. And so, you know, thank you for the food, and repeat that, and thank you for Mommy, thank you for Daddy, thank you for Nick, thank you for Jonathan, thank you for Grandma and Grandpa, amen. And, you know, that was a great prayer at one year old. But seven years old, maybe that's not the right prayer, but she would keep repeating it because she did, you know, you have to learn prayer as you get older. And so I started thinking about, okay, so how do kids learn prayer? And I thought, okay, it's either we got to teach them or we model it to them. But then I started thinking about, okay, so what, what actually goes through their minds as they're listening to us as adults pray? Do, are they catching how to pray from what we're, how we're praying? And then my kids show me this video on this platform called Vine that no longer exists, but it exists a few years ago, about this little kid who was catching what he heard from his parents of praying. So I want you to check out this video. Prayers to Jesus. Say your prayers to Jesus. <laughs> so here's my question. How do we not do that in prayer? How do we keep from, from having that be what comes out of our mouth? So, so when it comes to the how about what we are praying, how should we approach the requests that we're praying to God? 
Because all over scripture, we are actually encouraged to present our requests to God, to bring those requests to God. In fact, check out some of these verses here. Philippians chapter four, verse six, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, look at this, present your requests to God. So we're supposed to present our requests to God. This is a verse, by the way, just as a side note, that should be on everybody's minds as we're going through what we're going through right now. Do not be anxious, but pray, right? And then look at what James says in James chapter 5. He says, is is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Look at verse 14. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Look at verse 15. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So over and over again in Scripture, we're told, present your requests to God. And Jesus told us not to be generic and repetitious with our prayers and pray a lot of words without praying anything, right? And we're supposed to bring these requests to God. So the question then is, how should we approach our prayer requests to God. How can we get specific in our actions as we pray and approach our prayer requests to God? Well, if you have a copy of scriptures, if you have a Bible and you're sitting at home and you're saying, hey, I want to I look at what's going on here, you can grab it if you're there with your family. You can sit around the Bible together with your family. You can pull it up on your phones. You can even go to like BibleGateway.com and look it up right, you know, double screen it or whatever. But grab it. I want you to, to go to James chapter 1. That's where we're going to be, and we're actually going to camp out here this week and next week as we uh, are doing these two weeks of this series. And if you've been with us at Hopevale for even this past year, you've probably heard me say a couple of different times that James, the guy who wrote this, is actually the younger half-brother of Jesus, the, the, the son of Mary and Joseph. And he was also the very first pastor of the very first church in Jerusalem. And so here's James. He's writing to his church that's scattered all over the place because of Roman persecution. And so they're, they're out there. They're kind of sitting in homes kind of like we're doing this weekend under very different circumstances. And James, their pastor, wants to encourage them. And so he writes them a letter and is trying to teach them about how to follow Jesus in this weird time where they're, they're like trying to keep it on the down low and they're gathering together in homes. And so James is actually, in what he's going to write here, he's going to share with us a principle about prayer. He's not going to come right out and say, here's what you need to know about prayer. But we, as we look beneath the surface of what he's saying, we will pick out a principle that he's actually sharing about prayer that answers this question about how we should pray what we are praying. And this, this principle is actually all about how to be specific in our prayers. How to be specific. We talked about being sincere. We talked about being reverent. Now, when you pray, be specific. That's our first action um, in our prayer. So this is what he says. James chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 5. Look what he says here. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You should ask God for wisdom, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. There it is. Specific prayer, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for that wisdom. 
But I want to take a look at James's teaching to his church in a deeper way here this morning. You know, on the surface, it seems like he's just talking about wisdom. You need wisdom, ask God for wisdom. And he is. But if you look at the principle he's showing us about prayer, he's showing us that being specific in our prayer is important. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God for wisdom. Be specific in what you ask God for. And there are actually two parts as we we look at this principle that he's actually sharing with us. There are actually two parts of it that we need to pay attention to. And one of the parts of this principle actually um, completely affects the other one. And so I want to actually take a look at the second part of this principle first, okay? Because that's the one I think we all kind of get, we all understand. Here's the second part of this principle. The first part is blank. I left it blank, so no cheating. Okay, you do this, this first part, so you can, second part, be specific in what you ask. Be specific in what you ask. And all of us are saying, well, duh, Sam, we know that. We need to be specific in what we ask God for. What he's saying is don't be... Don't pray generic prayers and expect specific answers. Don't pray generic prayers and, and expect specific answers. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask God specifically what you need. And that actually leads us to the, back to the first part of this principle. And it's the first part of this principle that actually makes the second part powerful. It makes the second part very powerful. And actually, it can actually change the second part of this principle if we get it right. This is what the first part of the principle of being specific in prayer is. Get specific about your needs so you can be specific in what you ask. Get specific about your needs so you can be specific in what you ask. I want us to look at that verse again. Look at uh, James chapter 1, verse 5 again. Look at this. Here's the, the getting specific part of our needs, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, get specific about your needs If you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Then you can be specific about your requests. Now, what makes this example in James even more powerful is how specific James actually gets with the need. Because if you go back to verse 2, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 5, and you read the context about what he's talking about, you're going to see that James is encouraging us not to settle for a generic prayer. Let's look at this together. James chapter 1, look at verse 2. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Look at verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then he says, verse 5. And then he says, If any of you lacks Wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. See, here's what we would normally do. You know, as James is saying, you know, if any of you faces trials, here's what we would normally do. We would find ourselves in a trial. We would find ourselves in a a situation of pain or hardship or a difficult situation. And what we would do is we would find ourselves praying for what is right there in front of us on the surface. We would find ourselves praying, God, take this pain away. God, heal me. God, fix this situation for me. And I want want you to hear me clearly on this. All of those things would be appropriate prayers. They would be appropriate prayers. But James is actually inviting us into the deep end of the pool with our prayers to get even more specific about what we really need. So here's what James is saying in this context. He's saying, if you're going through something difficult, 
if you're going through a trial, if you're going through a situation that is hard, God obviously wants to grow you through it. And he wants to teach you something through it. And so what you need isn't for God to sweep in and take it away all the time. That's comfortable. That's easy. Maybe what you need is to ask God for the wisdom to see beneath the surface into how he wants to use this in your life to grow you. And I got to tell you, when you think about it that way, when you look at it that way, that becomes a very deep prayer then. Because you're not just praying for whatever's right in front of you. You're saying, okay, God, what are you really trying to teach me in this? And remember how I said that, that getting the first part of the principle right can change the second part of the, the principle? So, you know, it goes from this. Look at this, the principle again. Get specific about your needs so you can be specific in what you ask. But if you really go for what James is showing us here, if you really get specific about your needs at a deep level, you can then start being bold in what you pray and being bold in what you ask. Because now you have a very specific need that isn't just whatever you see in front of you, but it goes beneath that surface that empowers now a bolder prayer to God. See, generic needs generate uninspired requests. But specific needs empower bold prayers. Specific needs empower bold prayers. So what I want to do for the rest of the time that we're here together is I want to take this principle and I want to throw it into our everyday prayers. What does this look like? How could it look like for you and for me if we were to take this and put this into our prayer life? How can we do this? Well, I want to give us two things. Number one, and this just comes straight out of what we've already been talking about. Number one, get deeper and more specific about your needs. Go after your needs in a deeper and more specific way. When it comes to your needs, you can ask yourself, is what's happening on the surface of my life right now and what's right in front of me, is that all there is? Or is there a deeper need here that would empower a bolder prayer for me? You know, using James's example that he already gave us, you know, I'm going through a difficult situation. Is my need in this situation that it gets easier or that it goes away or that God would take it away? Is that really what my need is here? Or is, is my need that God wants to use this situation in a bigger way? And so I need actually something else here. Now, here's what I'm not saying, okay? I, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying there's always something deeper, and so we should never pray specifically about our general needs. I'm not saying that here. There are plenty of examples in Scripture, specifically the last part of James that we looked at, where this is encouraged for us to do, so we need to do that. But what I am saying is this, is that there are often opportunities for us to get deeper and more specific about what our needs are, and that ends up empowering a bolder and more specific kind of prayer that we would pray. I am saying this, I am saying to not just settle for whatever's on the surface with our prayer life all of the time. Remember what Jesus said? He said, your heavenly father already knows what you need before you ask him. And so I think a really good prayer even to start out would be to, to pray to God and ask him, God, heavenly father, can you please reveal to me what it is that I need here? You already know what I need. 
I acknowledge that. And so would you please reveal to me what my need is, my specific need is here, so that I can, I can pray this specific prayer that goes after that need. So a, a way that we can begin to, to pray this way, to be more specific, is to get deeper and more specific about what our needs actually are. And then the second way we can do this is, secondly, pray bolder prayers. Pray bolder prayers. Because you're really dialing into what your specific needs are, you can then confidently go to God with very specific and sometimes radically bold prayers to him. You know, asking God for wisdom when you're going through difficult situations, that is a very bold prayer. Asking God to give you patience instead of making that hard situation go away, that's a bold prayer. You know, there were some other kind of specific bold prayers I was thinking about as I was putting this together. Um, also, pray, prayers like this, praying about what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your life. When, when you're praying to God, say, God, this is just really what's, what's going on with me. This is how I'm feeling in the moment. God, this is, this is hard for me. This, this hurts. I'm worried. I'm anxious about this. And just praying very specifically about what is going on inside of you spiritually, what's going inside of you emotionally, all of those kind of things. That's a bold, those are bold prayers. Praying about others' specific needs and not just our own. Those are bold prayers because they're selfless prayers. Praying about specific situations this week where you can live out a 168 kind of a life. That's a bold prayer. And a 168 life, we, we just have kind of defined that around here. We have 168 hours in any given week. And and a 168 life is a faith that impacts every hour of my week and every day of my life. To where I live out every day as if I was you know, following Jesus with everything I've got for all those 168 hours for the week. And bold prayers are praying, you know, I've got specific situations coming up this week. How can I live 168? God, can you show me these specific situations where I can live that way? God, help me see how I can live that way this week. That's a, those are bold prayers. Or even praying about specific ways that you can use all of who God made you to be to serve him with everything you have and to serve others that he has created. You know, think of some of the ways that we're going to share this even this week about how we can get involved with this crisis that's going on. These are bold, specific prayers that we can pray and that we can follow up on. See, generic needs generate these uninspired kind of prayers. But specific needs, when we go after them, they empower a bolder kind of praying. And they help us pray bold prayers. So my question this morning as we begin to wind down is this. My questions are this. How can you get more specific about your needs as you pray? As you think about your life, as you think about your own prayer life, how can you get more specific about what you need? And then secondly, how can you get more bold in what you pray? How can you get more bold? How can you take your prayer life from here to hear when it comes to what you're requesting of God. I mean, just imagine how dynamic your prayer life could become because of the more specific you're beginning to pray about your needs. The more bold, the more boldness you have as you begin to pray. God is inviting you and me to pray to him in a more specific and in a bold way. So what's keeping us from being more specific in our prayers? What's keeping you from being more specific in your own personal prayers? What's, what's keeping you from being more specific 
in your prayers as a family or your prayers with your friends. When you pray, be sincere, be reverent, and be specific. Let's pray together. God, we, um, we thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for the invitation um, into this very specific kind of prayer. And God, we, we want to recognize that you already know what we need even before we ask it. And so God, as we come to you in prayer, as we're learning about how to pray in a, a, a way that more reflects your heart, that whereas we're learning to pray deeper, God, I, I pray that you would help reveal to us the things that we need so that we may be able to pray in more specific ways, the things that our friends need, the things that our, our community needs, so we may be able to pray in more specific and even more bold ways than we have been. And God, it's so encouraging that you even invite us into the, this prayer to you, this conversation with you. And so, God, I pray that we would take the, the steps to be more specific in what we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Sam. So, there's this old hymn called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Many of you may know that. We were thinking leading up to this uh, time of being specific in our prayers. Um, sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. And I like some of these lines in this song. It says, um, you know, there's needless pain that we bear all because we don't carry it to the Lord in prayer. And it says, um, you know, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our, all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak? Have you laden? Do we, do we carry loads? And we can take it to the Lord in prayer. We can be very specific in the way that we do that. So music has this catchy way of helping us remember something, doesn't it? Music has this way of kind of solidifying uh, a thought or a scripture. Uh, so let's solidify what we just heard today uh, in worship and singing this song together, this old hymn. Lord in prayer Can we find a 
Thank you so much for worshiping with us here this morning. Um, what an awesome thing that we can do this, right? Uh, be specific in our prayers. Next week we're going to talk about being uh, expectant in our prayers and what that looks like. But I want to challenge you this week. What is, what is one or two things that you can get more specific about in your prayer life and in your prayer with your family and with even friends in your small group, community group, whatever? What are, what's one or two things you can get more specific about in your prayer life? just want to remind you that our um, night of prayer and worship has been canceled for this Friday. Um, but as you um, end up logging off here, we just wanted to say thank you so much for inviting us into your homes this weekend. And God bless you. We'll see you next weekend.